When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. along to the LFC Day Shippers Forum podcast. Uh, a little bit earlier than usual tonight because Ray has taken his um, uh, a night off tonight, so we're, we're about five minutes early. So, uh, for tonight, I'm going to host. My name is Andy. Um, tonight, we're, I'm joined by Pete. Pete, how are you getting on? Cannot complain, no complaints. Good to see you all looking so healthy and so well. What's the weather like out in Barcelona? Because it's gone to absolute dogs here. Far too hot, too hot. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sweltering here. Um, obviously, in the spare room in the office, even worse. But uh, usually, I'm beside the window, as you know, where there's a bit of air. Um, but no, it's it's too hot, too warm. You it looks like, like a bit of a walk-in wardrobe you have there. <laughs> it is. It's, 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 the, it's, the, it's the office. Philip, Philip calls it the the yeah the box room. Why are you relegated to the box room? <laughs> a few costumes there in the yarn and everything else, and a few people the, up on the wall to inspire the you Batman, for your day. The Batman get up. Yeah, I like, I like. Davo, how are you getting on, pal? Good, yeah. All good. Good to be on. Bank holiday Monday, Andy, over here for the people that don't know. So just actually... Finished a bottle of Moretti and I said, I better have a cup of tea and not be drink. That's that's Gav's gig, isn't it? That's Having Gav's a few gig. beers when it's on. I didn't even get a minute to have a drink today now, would you believe? Too busy. Um, Gar, welcome back. Hi, pal. You all right, is yeah? That a, is that a top knot you're spotting? Yeah, that's, oh yeah, I'm to, uh, yeah, a big top knot and I'm grown. I'm, I'm being all philosophical with my, yeah, with my studies these days. So, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, beard, the, beard, the beard and, and this is all coming on <laughs> You look yeah, the so business, because, car. You look the business. Just because you're a student now, you're going on a mad one. Just business, scarf. That's all, guy. <laughs> Hipster. <laughs> we can sort something out here that was somewhere. Ah, it would do. Let me jump into Pete's room there. We'll sort something out. <laughs> Careful. Anyway, um, we'll crack on. As usual, we've four topics to um, get our teeth into. And I think we've some some good material here tonight. So um, I'll get us going. Uh, and I'll tell you what my topic is. I was on Twitter the other day. A lot of my topics kind of begin with, with a visit to Twitter. And I noticed um, someone, some nonsense being retweeted about Curtis Jones being hated by his own fan base. And uh, I started to wonder, had I missed a whole season of something? Because I honestly couldn't recall anything of the sort. You know, we've, we've seen Nico Williams getting a lot of stick, but certainly not Curtis Jones. But you're going to be thinking about uh, the season ahead and how much of a big season this is for Curtis Jones. Because I thought last season, you know, was his, was his break-in season. You know, this was the the season where he was, that was the season where he was going to really kind of get his opportunity. And he played a lot of minutes, don't get me wrong. But he was unlucky without the crowds and everything else, you know. And I think 
Jones being a local lad will really benefit from Anfield <coughs> being full again and as well when he travels off to um, when, they, when they're playing away in the Travelling Cup. And, you know, t- when he did come in, we, he was coming into a midfield that was a bit disjointed at times. And, you know, I'd like to see Jones coming into a, t- to a midfield that's really working well. So, you know, when Henderson's playing, um, Thiago, uh, Fabino, and then he comes in where he gets 20 minutes at the end and, you know, we're really playing well and give him, give him the chance, you know, and to buzz off the crowd as well. Look, there's going to be other uh, players like Virgil coming back into the team and Kanate coming in, Thiago kicking on from his form last season. Yeah, but I'm really buzzing for Curtis this year. So I just want to get everyone's thoughts on who you think will make a big impact this year, whether they're the obvious or not. Um, so I'll throw that over to you, Pete. For me, I agree with you. I think Jones, to be honest, he reminds me of a couple of functional midfielders that we've had in the past that they tend to go under the radar because they don't do anything spectacular. I think I've said this before a few months ago. He's a tremendous amount of confidence. A player like that will kind of make a couple of mistakes along the way, but the ab- the absolute confidence he's got on the football itself is just be- belies his age. So I'd agree with you. I think sometimes you can fall into the trap especially on social media of not who you are but being judged of who you aren't so if you're if you're not um shall we say jack Grealish, or if you're not you know one of these uh, showpiece names and you just happen to be a functional player it takes a long time for people uh, you, you know to kind of warm people for me i'd agree with you i think jones very comfortable in that certainly in the squad um you know, he, he's he's he, he, I think he, he's well capable um, of being in and around it. To be honest with you, when, when he's when he's warming up to come on, I never have any fears about what he's going to do. With regard to other players, I really hope that we hold on to um, to Harvey Elliott. I hope that he doesn't go on loan to Sheffield United as is being touted. I think he could just could be one of those kids. I think they used. To, I, I played for a couple of lads, and you know, one of them, Paul Martin, used to say to me that if you're good enough, you're old enough. And I'd look at Harvey Elliott, you know, and he's just he's just one of those, a little bit like Jones, strong, good on the ball, good decision maker, and is capable of doing something, you know, a little bit unusual. If you're good enough, you're old enough. So for me, Jones has a part to play, definitely. Uh, and er- Elliott, to be honest, it could be a breakthrough player. So I certainly hope that... Uh, they. I think it's a little bit early. A few of the comments are talking about Cade Gordon. I think it's a little bit too early for him, to be quite honest with you. But he certainly has talent. But at that age, you know, you're not. I've seen him in the friendly. Doesn't put the value on possession that you would want a player to take responsibility for. Whereas, on the other hand, Harvey Elliott understands the value of possession, doesn't like to give Mm. the ball away, and is capable of doing it when when it needs to be done. So those two, I agree with you, Andy. We need to hold on to and Jones needs needs to feature more this season. Yeah, yeah. Look, there's, there's going to be plenty of competition for a place in midfield, even with, with, uh, when Alan going and look, if Keita stays fit this year, he's going to want minutes. Um, Ox there coming back from injury. Uh, you look at City last year, like it was a decent season for them. And, and I think that's where we've seen Phil Foden shine and, you know, so maybe that could be the option. Yeah. The, you know, the opportunity for, uh, Cordes this year. Liverpool are, are operating a little bit, a little bit better in midfield that Cordes will benefit from that. What do you think, Gar? 
Yeah, I think he's a, you've touched, touched on a few things there. Suppose one thing with uh, with Curtis Jones is he's he's, a, he's got a lovely football and arrogance about him. Um, and a lot of these young English players seem to have it now with what they've done uh, with George's Park. But I have to say, Jones for me is an absolutely outstanding talent. He came into a Liverpool side that was really, really struggling last year, I suppose, for form, as, as we all know. Uh, didn't get as much, I suppose, from February, February onwards. He, he came on, he got a, a decent assist in the game, I remember. Um, but listen, for any young player, it's all right being Phil Foden and coming into that City side that's, you know, that's spanking, that's, that's flying at the time. And, and that will only do wonders for a young player uh, with any sort of confidence about him. Imagine being a young player and trusting the Liverpool situation last year, coming off the back of win- winning the Premier League. And then obviously, you know, we're avalanche of injuries here, important injuries. And having to try and, you know, do it that way, that to me is a lot harder. So for me, that was a probably a huge character building exercise for him alone. Um, so I think this year we, we should see, you know, a, a different player through experience and the of last year. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Raymond there, Davo, he says, um, we need to see Harvey staying because uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of what he, what he's, hang what on. Ifs. <laughs> a lot of what ifs in the midfield. No, I agree. Uh, I think uh, if Harvey Elliott stays, it'd be excellent. Like, I mean, it, maybe he could do it uh, alone in the Premier League, but we, we don't often see young players being mm. loaned out to the Premier League and then, they come in, they come back to their clubs and they excel. Look, if you're go- if he's going to be good enough, he's going to be good enough to, to start playing some minutes this year. Could you see Harvey being an important player for us this season? Double. Um, well, look, as regards if he goes on loan, I think it should be to a Premier League club. I don't think he's 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 gone to Blackburn. He's he's doing really really well at Blackburn, and I, I think Tony Marby should be given a lot of credit because he he, he was taken out of team at times. He they, Blackburn really protected him. And after like, he wasn't just flogged in a league where you play basically two games a week all season, basically in the championship um, with the forty-six game season. So, I, I, if, he, if he does, if he does go on loan, I think it should be a Premier League move. Otherwise, he should be kept around. Like the way Jones was, I don't, I don't think Jones went out on loan much at all because Klopp obviously believes that, um, like you learn more training with them world-class players um, week in and week out. And we could listen, like. He's not going to play in midfield. His position is Mohamed Salah's position. And mm. Salah, thankfully, touch wood, is supremely fit, rarely misses games mm. and wants to play every week because he's hungry. And so, look, is Elliot going to... Elliot could be the perfect foil for him as regarding, listen, you might only you might only see him six, seven, eight, nine times um, and the cup games. So he could be the perfect foil. But um, I'm not sure. I think... If, if you had to put a gun to me head, I'd say he may go out on loan before mm-hmm. the end of the window. But the one, I just just wanted to say, the one person I'm actually looking forward to seeing a bit of and is actually Simicas at left full. I think um, Robbo's played an awful lot of football and I'm not trying Robbo over the side and saying start Simicas, not at all, but he's he's um, he started pre-season very well by all accounts. Mm. Um, Shawnee Lawson told me I've seen him getting an award I didn't know whether it was Olympiacos player of the year but seemingly it was Greek football of the year I didn't know I know Chris Brax in the chat he might he might 
know that for, for certain. So I've got a mate who's an Arsenal fan who said he was the best player in the two legs when they knocked Arsenal out of the Europa League uh, a couple of years ago. Said he's really, really good. He was really good in them two games. So I'm actually very, very excited to, to, to see Simakas and to mm-hmm. see because I think if he's fit and obviously you would you would expect him to be trying him well. I think if he's fit, I think you may see times where Robbo was rested and a yeah. bit of mix and matching going on just to um, just to keep keep things fresh and and because uh, it's a long season, there's a lot of games. Very hard yeah. for him as well, Davo, last year as well, trying mm. to adapt, yeah. uh, trying to come into a side. We couldn't really rotate Robbo out of it at times because of the way, you know, the way the season went. So, but any games I've seen him in pre-season, I know obviously there hasn't been loads of minutes, but yeah. especially in the last game, geez, he looks he looks fit and he definitely, yeah. definitely looks a bit more bulked up as well. Yeah, I, look, I think we all agree um, Robbo could deal with a little bit of a rest. You know, yeah. he's, he's an animal and uh, it's hard to keep up that level, you know, not just the, the level of performance and, and how good he's been, but physically it's got to take its toll. And look, Simicas wasn't around much last season in terms of injury. Uh, it would be good to see see a bit more and uh, give Robert a break. But look, what we're talking about um, Elliot there, the comments are kind of dominated by things about him being raw and light and maybe not ready and he's only 18 and everything else. But look, players have come into the Premier League very light and raw in the past and say Sterling with us and straight away you were able to see that they were able to cut it in the Premier League and it kind of brings us on to your topic a bit Gar you know talking about players who are physical over uh, you know your sort of flair skill type players I think you cited the whole Messi and Ronaldo debate as as a as a main kind of comparison um, so I'll let you take the floor here and yeah, sports for, for me Andy you know that you know, that starts it off, you know, Messi, you know, being naturally gifted, talented, technically talented, whereas Ronaldo, you know, ha- had to do everything for himself, had to go into a gym, had to bulk up, ha- had to, you know, really strengthen, you know, from a muscle point of view. And uh, Yes, they are two different f- physically, physical specimens, let's be honest here, but we've also, you've just touched on, you know, Harvey Elliott, small, dynamic player, lots of skill about him, goals by people, you know, probably doesn't look like he has loads of pace, Messi's not blessed with pace, other lads. But you know, when these boys go back, go boy people, they look like lightning. Um, but they leave people for dead because they're so skillful and, and technically, you know, technically gifted. And you you see times gone boy where you know managers have gone for big big players, and you know Mourinho is known for you know looking looking boys over six foot, you know, and big big units of players. We've seen Vieira dominate in the past because he's is a, is a, a unit of a player. If you you know, look at us now. We're, we're not we're not actually blessed with height. You know, Canate has just come in. He was an absolute monster. Mm-hmm. Van Dijk, big player. But you look around the pitch. We're, we're not blessed with you know big physical players. Oh, front three, not not mm-hmm. tall at all. Uh, midfield three last year again, all all in or around six foot, couple under. So it's it's something that you know we've we've seen a sea change in as far as the last year. Um, with, with especially with English players. Um, a lot of smaller guys, Sancho, etc., coming along with, with the the changes they've made to their academies over there. And um, you know, there was often that 
you know, adage of scouts looking for big physical players, and when they come over to watch players, they look and they turn and ask, "What? Where's the parent? Can I have a look at the height of the parent of what what they'll eventually turn out like?" And they're going, "What?" Yeah. And I, and I, and I actually saw it live with a keeper. Davo, funny you're on tonight. <laughs> a sixteen-year-old, and the scout turned around and said, "I want to see the mother and father." And I was I was sitting behind, going, "What's what's that all about?" It was, it was a good few years ago. And they want to actually see the mother and father see if the keeper was going to be over six foot. And it's going to be self, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, if, he, if he has talent. If he has yeah. talent, you know. You know, we've seen small keeper. Shay Given, obviously, was, you know, made a career. He wasn't a huge guy. Mm. Um, could have come out for a cross against France years ago. But listen, anyway, it didn't happen. <laughs> you may never, you never come off as well. Yeah, well, listen. Uh, to me, it's 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 still something that goes on in, in in the in the world. But listen, certain managers like you know more technical players, and I touched on Mourinho, who likes you know someone over six foot who's physical who can put it about, uh, especially from a defensive point of view. Uh, so it's um, you know for me, it's it's intriguing how how people do look at players in in the modern day. Yeah, look, I think it's fair to say that Klopp looks for a mix between both. Okay, in the height department, the likes of Mane and, and Salah might be that big, and look especially uh, uh, Thiago there. Like they're they're small enough players, but they're very strong. They're centre of gravity. They bang f- fucking players out with their arse. Like you know, they're and they're physically as well. They're they're as fit as they come. Um, he wants them. He wants them to be able to run, but he also wants to be able to be technical as well. So like Kevin O'Sullivan there, like. Fabinho and Hendon, yeah, they are six foot, but you look across the Premier League, there's a lot of players that are six foot four, you know, and are, are we exposed when it comes to set pieces? Certainly, I think Klopp is addressing something there by bringing uh, a big physical player like Kanata in to defend from set pieces. But I think you can have a mixture of both. Um, Davo, uh, look at, looking at um, Messi and, and Ronaldo. We all, I think, we all have our, you know, our favourites over one. Uh, it's Messi for me, but if you were bringing Messi or Ronaldo into Liverpool, a young Messi or Ronaldo, who would you be picking? Who would be best in the Klopp sort of system? Oh, well, listen, I, I, I would, I would probably listen. I think physically, the attributes that Ronaldo has are second to none, really. I think, listen, I would be Messi as well. Um, but I think Ronaldo deserves an awful lot of credit for kind of the regimented nature that he's he's put. Like I'd say, he doesn't put a thing in his bleeding body. That's like do you know what I mean. He's just he's that regimented. Like he, like he takes everything so serious. No alcohol. No, just a supreme, supreme athlete. Whereas Messi on the flip side is more ta- he's more natural. He's more talented. It's the Maradona kind of player, bomb with a ball at his feet. Um. Like so, the comparisons it would be messy for me. Um, in a Klopp style, listen, I, I don't think you could go wrong with either of them. To be honest with you, do you know what I mean? And I think Klopp would take a hand off for either of them. But yeah, listen, I, I, it's the one. It, it is messy for me. I think one of Ronaldo's greatest achievements is having half the world think he's anywhere near Messi. But on the flip side of that, what like I said there, what I would say is I think he deserves an, an awful lot of credit. For, like for getting getting himself to the level that he's at because it isn't like natural the way it is natural for Messi Ronaldo he's had to walk and Moises he's walked his fucking stones off to to get where he is so I think he deserves a, a, an awful lot of credit for that. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's it's hard to see where the next Messi and Ronaldo are going to come from because I think, uh, you know, especially in the last kind of 10 years since they've kind of broken the scene and, and, and played the whole professional career, it has gone very physical, the game, hasn't it? Mm. I mean, players are being brought to their, you know, the absolute brink of fitness. And it, it seems to be, you know, who, who has most in the tank after 80 minutes is now what what's seen as the edge over. And we have we, we don't start to see players being able to express themselves in the same way as Messi and Ronaldo did at the time. Like, if you, if you ever remember Ronaldo when he was breaking into the United team, it must have been very frustrating for United fans because he did lose the ball a lot. He was doing stepovers and making a few poor decisions. Um, but Messi, when he came into Barca, he was knocking down doors. He was unbelievable, and he was allowed to express himself because because of the, the just the nature of the player. But P, is it is the game suffering? Do you think that we're not seeing those sort of players coming through anymore? Yeah, I, I think to be honest with you, it's a lot of what Gareth is saying. An awful lot of scouts are looking for. I mean. Looking for, and I know this from friends of mine who have sons or are coming of age. They're looking for a young flat at 15 who's, you know, if he's not six foot two already, is he heading for six foot six? There's a lot, an awful lot of that going on, which you'll see it time and time again. You know, the very, very best players um, have the other side, they mightn't have it physically, or rather, they mightn't develop physically early enough, but they'll certainly have it me- mentally. And later on, I'm going to talk about Harry Kane and my subject. And the fact, you know, the fact that I think an awful lot of his lack of loyalty or professional lack of loyalty is down from from being dismissed as a kid, uh, you know, for being chubby and being not very athletic, as he was described as by Liam Brady. You know, and all of a sudden these kids have sudden growth sports and they're not they're not always genetic. It sometimes it just happens. And I think if I'm being honest with you, yeah, the game loses. I mean, that's why you see and we're probably seeing an improvement in lower levels of the game. You know, you're you're seeing kind of players who have, were overlooked at big bigger clubs. You know, going to smaller clubs, and all of a sudden, you know, and I think in a in a way, it's good for the game that you see players who would have been elite players 15, 20 years ago, kind of stepping down a little rung, and you see you see these teams kind of you know you know making the making it to the highest level. So for me, yeah, it's 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 that old you know physical. You know, physical ability versus that mental strength. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo is six months older than Wayne Rooney. And Wayne Rooney looks like a fat middle-aged man <laughs> who has no place on a football pitch. Where, and that's no disrespect. That's no disrespect to Wayne Rooney, who was an absolute phenomenon. But Cristiano Ronaldo has elite mentality. When Wayne Rooney was doing whatever he was doing when he was, you know, at his peak, Cristiano was making sure physically that his peak was going to be longer than anyone. I mean, yeah. that fella is so mentally strong that he decides the type of player he's going to be and that he's going to be the best of that type of player. Right now, it's the classic number nine. Yeah. And for me, he's arguably the best classic, besides Robert Lewandowski, the best classic number nine in the world. So the next place he go, he'd probably go back to Real Madrid as a number nine, maybe even to replace Karim Benzema, who used to be his foil. But Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo, I hate his guts, but he's an absolute phenomenon of, of yeah. and a testimony to mental strength. The fact that you can achieve anything if you set your mind to it. I mean, I know he had to step all of, over mm. in the lollipops, but that's 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 a different player. Now he's I just look. 
It's Gabriel Batistuta the territory where he is. The way he heads a ball, the hang time that he gets. You know, he's a classically brilliant number nine. And he can be for another four or five years, if he feels like. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, he, as much as we, we probably despise Ronaldo and his cockiness, um, you can only admire him. I mean, I think if you're uh, if you're chiseling a player from scratch, you know, <laughs> on FIFA or something, mm. you're just making Ronaldo, and then you're you're trying to add in a, a bit of Messi as well. But but these are these are the players that are probably making it now, um, that are physically strong, that can do all the tricks as well, that can that can then run for ninety minutes and do what the manager do what do what's expected at this level because I do think the game has gone extremely physical and it's at a kind of a it, at a brink point. That, <laughs> I think the way injuries are happening now as well. Um, mm. Jonathan there saying, didn't Thiago do an interview recently saying Fleur and technical players are getting overlooked um, from our physical well-rounded players? But sure, look at uh, Thiago. He's left out of the Spain team mm. for most of the Euros. And over a way more kind of um, industrial type of midfield, I think someone else said that in the comments there. So that's kind of just the way. The yeah, game but a, Andy, sorry, the best example I can give you is Jack Bourne. Jack Bourne, a Cham- uh, is he at Chamber Grovers now? Oh, he's, uh, L- no, he's, he's, he's in Limassol now, yeah. Yeah, but 15 years ago, Jack Bourne would have been Ireland's best player and he would have probably been at a top, certainly a top 10 club. He would have been a very, very good mm-hmm. player at an Aston Villa. You know he he's not he's not even knocking at the door for a, for a Premier League club. Jack Bourne is phenomenally talented, but he's not the most physical guy. I just think he's the best example you could possibly have. But I think, who should be elite? I think. He's but I, but I, I think what you're what you're saying now, Pete, is and you're saying are probably now more on this as well. You're starting to see. Look at the likes of Sancho and look at Bellingham was going, is going to be a superstar anyway, even though he had broken in at Birmingham, was mm. playing at 16, 17. A lot of these players that they're moving, they're like, if you're not playing me, I'm off. And the, yeah. the, the likes of the German teams, particularly, I'm sure it might come into other well, leagues, maybe like yeah, France yeah, as well. They, they, they're, they're going to, they are going yeah. to the academies in England yeah. going, as well as a star, but he needs to play yeah. and they'll yeah. take them. Yeah. And players want to go. Yeah. Jaden Sancho can give you. 100 metres in about 12 seconds. Mm. You know, Jack Bourne wouldn't give you 100 no, metres yeah. in 20. You know, yeah. and this is the point. Why does that really matter? I mean, I come from the school of let the ball do the work. You know, and mm. if you're smart enough, and Gar Bourne will subscribe, Gar will subscribe to this, if you're smart enough, you don't need to be an Olympic athlete. You know, I mean, three years ago, Usain Bolt tried to make a football career for himself. Now, that's the fastest man that ever lived and couldn't. So, you have to have a brain as well. You know, you have to, you have to, and that's why I'm picking on Jack Bourne single. There's many Jack Bournes out there. Many, I mean, when I lived in Norway, I played there, there was a player called Eric Mikland, who was just a phenomenon. This guy played in Greece. He played all over the place, but English clubs wouldn't sign him because he couldn't do the 100 metres in, in 11 or 12 seconds. But it doesn't matter. You know, Matt Letizia is a fat man and was a fat man as a player. But I'm going to talk about him later on. But, He'd, he'd still walk sideways and Paul Gascoigne you're depriving the game of how beautiful it is I'm telling you someone like Andreas Iniesta or even Chabi, some of the finest exponents of football I watched Chabi make 104 passes against England in 2007 I think it was or maybe just before that and make 104 complete passes no mm. English player got near him but I'm telling you if he had have went on trial as a young flick to an English club, they would have went, can't yeah. run, can't yeah. jump, is not strong enough, 
we don't want them. Yeah. And that's why England, I'm sorry, win fuck all. Yeah. Because they too oh, they're obsessed with the, the physicality the physical side. Iniesta, Xavi, even this Jumfle at Barcelona now, these these guys wouldn't get a look in at an English club. And it's it's their own loss. It's their own loss. Yeah. Davo touched on something there which I thought was interesting and links to our next topic. Um about young lads uh coming up through the ranks and academies kind of dictating where their career is going. I'm not afraid now to say you're not playing me? Okay, I'm out of here, which is brave enough for a 16, 17-year-old to maybe make that move out to Germany or, or wherever they're going, you know. And um, football is evolving like that. And we're seeing less and less of the loyal type of one-club players. We talked about Messi there, who was one. Uh, in the comments, you, you see the likes of Skulls getting mentioned and Gerard getting mentioned, Lampard. These are all guys who really um, stuck with their own clubs for one reason or another. So, Pete, this is your topic. I want to know what kind of brought this about. I think it's Kane mainly. Yeah, um, well, it's three it, like, yeah. So I did wonder a couple of years ago, was Kane going to be a one-club player as well? And kind of did respect that about him because he does claim to love sports. But now it looks like he's making an awful noise and he's not that loyal player that we once thought he was. Well, first of all, let me correct you. Frank Lampard is just as much of a Judas as anyone. He left West Ham, which was his club. It was his father's club. But I don't want to talk about it. I'm not interested in Frank Lampard. I'm fair play to me. He had a great career. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it surprises me, to be honest with you, how naive football supporters can be. And that's why I wanted to talk about. I took a lot of personal pleasure today to see. Uh, I mean, I have a lot of good friends at Tottenham Hotspur, as you know. I did a couple of coaching badges there. And I have a lot of friends on Twitter that are huge Tottenham supporters. And we've had to all put up with how they they cast light and shade between Harry Kane and Mohamed Salah over the last three or four years. And I was delighted, delighted to see Harry Kane show everybody what he truly is. Now, that's not to say he's the biggest sinner in the world. He's a professional athlete and he wants the best. He turned 28 the other day and he wants the best for Harry Kane. However, Tottenham fans would have sworn blind to you that you know, Mohamed Salah is the devil and Harry Kane, Mr. England, you know, Mr. Sports, Mr. Loyalty. Let me tell you. Uh, and, I, you know, for me, the only surprise, as I've said, is the shock at sports supporters. I mean, if you look at his early years, uh, I mean, he had, and I'll tell you where this comes from and why I chose, chose. There's three examples of players. Harry Kane is one. The early years of rejection. I mean, Kane was at Arsenal. It's no secret. I think he was there till about 10, 10 or 11 years of age. And Liam Brady described him as not very athletic and a little bit overweight. So he was he was showing his marching papers. I think then he went back to his own club, his uh, his boyhood <laughs> club, whatever, somewhere in Hertfordshire, and ended up going to Wofford. Um, and where he was, because of his build, they kind of looked at him and went, oh, okay, you'll do it for us as a defensive midfielder. And I think then... Uh, he did uh, well in a couple of games and one notably against Spores and Spores decided to give him, sign him on schoolboy forms and then he had a growth sport at 15, 16 and the rest is history. The reason I picked on Harry, I suppose, I you know, there's no doubt, I mean, that we all have to do what we have to do in order to fulfil our professional ambitions but it kind of stuck in my throat. For example, I would define loyalty 
like Gar would define loyalty, like Davo yourself, anyone that ever played this game, as not just loyalty to a club, but loyalty to your teammates. I mean, let's face it, this is a fella who swore on his daughter's life that he, he touched a ball that he never touched just to get a goal and mm. take it off Christian Eriksen. This is a fella... <laughs> This is a fella who watched a semi-final of a Champions League that Tottenham Hotspur had an incredible turnaround against Ajax of Amsterdam and uh, Lucas Mora played absolutely out of skin. And the reason why, why Ajax just couldn't handle sports that night because it was the pace of movement in the final third of to- uh, for Tottenham. Harry Kane insisted as captain... I believe there was obviously uh, conversations with uh, the then manager, insisted on starting the game against Liverpool and had 11 touches in the first half. Completely, That Champions League final was as comfortable a game for Liverpool Football Club as I've ever seen. And it was because Harry Kane was on the park. I worried after that semi-final that that sports that played against Ajax in the Amsterdam Arena was going to be the sports we would face in Madrid with Lucas Moura, Son, and all this movement that we would have had a few problems with, to be quite mm-hmm. honest with you. And it would have been not a toss of a coin, but it certainly would have been more disciplined. That's a lack of loyalty and a lack of selflessness, a lack of vision and a lack of caring about your club and your teammates, to be honest. So I cannot believe that Harry Kane but gets such an easy ride off the British media for, for those things alone. Anyway, cast that aside. He's just one example. So sports fans, I cannot the only shock today is that you're surprised. Secondly, <laughs> I wanted to talk about <laughs> Matt Letizia. Matt Letizia, who played for Southampton, I think between 1986 and 2002, only ever played for them at a serious level, played a few times for England, had a new, numerous opportunities to play for many clubs and was described in disparaging terms both by club, other club managers and his international manager. I think, to be honest with you, and I want to get onto my tour player, which is Jack, Jack Grealish. I think Jack Grealish, who gets a terrible rap from us Irish because he chose to, to throw the, the green jersey in the bin, do the Judas. I actually can envisage, and I might be wrong, Jack Grealish staying with Aston Villa and doing uh, a Matt Letizia and deciding, OK, they want to build a club, a team around me. He goes training today. He could easily have – he's sitting there, photographs, having a laugh with Dean Smith. If he leaves or he doesn't, he's obviously going to leave on good terms or he might stay. It just amazes me. If you, For example, there was a few points made today. If Paul Pogba, Raheem Sterling, I, I can rattle through the amount, Son, if any of them uh, had done today what Harry Kane had done, there would be a lynch mob all over the British media and social media looking for where these players are. Today, there was people actually making excuses. Maybe he's doing a COVID test. No, there was England players on England duty saying that they knew he wasn't, two, three weeks ago, they knew he wasn't going to turn up for training. Day. This is the captain of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club and his bloody country. And basically, he's Gary Lineker tweeted today that he hopes that Tottenham Hotspur and, and Harry Kane can find an amicable divorce so as everybody can walk away smelling the roses. If that was Paul Pogba or any other player that was non-English and non-white, to be honest with you, there would be all sorts of consternation today. But it's okay because it's okay, to be quite honest with you. And that's the way On the flip side of it, I can, I can honestly see maybe Jack Reed is doing a U-turn 
and staying with Villa and enjoying themselves, mm. letting the team be maybe winning nothing, but letting the team being built around. I can see him because this is a maverick. You know, he, he, mm. a lot of people describe this young flat as almost like a Frank Worthington type figure. It wouldn't be go beyond me if he went on television. And went, I've had a nice chat with um with Pep Guardiola, and they've offered me the the Sun, Moon, and Stars. But I want to stay with Aston Villa. I want this to be my club. I can see him doing that. Right, we'll give someone else a go, Pete. That was <laughs> that was a a, a really good speech. <laughs> um, Gar, um. Darren Dunbar says players want medals. Can't blame Kane to be fair. Owen left Liverpool and Jared wanted out twice. What do you think is the formula for keeping a player at one club for life? Or is it just as straightforward as they're winning trophies and they're getting paid well? Or is there a bit more than that? How do you keep a player? We probably never see a, a Leticia. Like he was well good enough to move on to anyone in the English league at that time. Listen, I think times have changed, lads. Uh, you know, Listen, we see Messi every year, year on year. Now, wanting a new contract says he's he's getting linked to every bloody club in the world that has a bit of money, and then gets a new contract and, and so on, and so forth. So, but listen, he's been there, done it. He's got loads of medals in the bank. So, you know, you know, he, he probably gets get gets away with it. In fairness, at Barcelona, he haven't got a penny. I don't know where they got paying from. But anyway, um, in Kane's instance, I think he's outgrown sports. If I'm honest. Um, I think Spurs are, you know, in a major, major, major transition now. Um, you know, a manager who's probably don't hasn't done much in English in the English game. Let's be honest here. Um, if you're if you're Harry Kane and and Pep Guardiola's been in your ear, you probably want to go and play for him. Let's be honest, lads. You know, I'm sure you've been in that in that position, Pete. You know, with with clubs where you want to go on, you want to be a success. You might want a few medals uh, in in your pocket and um, listen different players have different mentalities nowadays that's some lads want money some lads want to go on and and win medals right it isn't it is the way that things have gone nowadays unfortunately um for me you know you, you sit back and you look at all your medals but then again we've heard of lads gone by in years have had to sell all their medals because they haven't had money so you know it's uh, it's a double-edged sword really isn't it um but, he's only on 200 grand a week at Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's only on. But, but listen to Pete, sports are going nowhere. Sports are absolutely going nowhere, right? Um, in, in my opinion. They're going right? nowhere uh, if you lose their best players, mate. I agree. Go, yeah. go, going nowhere, right? Uh, in Grish's case, uh, listen, I, I think he stays, to be honest with you. Um, but if he does go uh, and under a, under an even better coach, he becomes a better player, um, to, to be honest. Uh but in Kane's case, I think he's just outgrown sports. The, the way he's gone about it, listen, we, we've been there with, with Suarez, we've been there before, lads. So, listen, it's we've been there with Coutinho and with Sarbac. It's not nice as a fan to see a player of your club trying to do that. But, you know, he wants mm. to, he, he's Man City are in his ear, lads. He obviously wants to go and do something yeah. he feels is going to be a better project for him. Yeah, look, we, we've had our heart broken loads of times with players we thought might have stayed on for the rest of their careers, you know. Um, but uh, Sam Tandy there says, ultimately money is the main factor for most players. Grealish mm-hmm. and Kane, if they end up a city, um, will be not on less wages than they are now, that's for sure. Of course, they're going to mm-hmm. go to City and they 
they'll get paid regardless. If they're sitting on the bench, they'll get the pay, get paid the same. Just a, just, a, just, a, just a vicious circle, lads. It's yeah. like it's yeah. just yeah. just goes just goes round and around. You like yeah. I don't I, I don't feel sorry for Harry Kane because he's signed a six year contract and and whatever. But I don't feel sorry for Spurs that he's trying to engineer because Spurs will have treated players over the years as dog shit as of Liverpool mm-hmm. as of every club. Mm-hmm. So like like it's a like. For instance, I think Lewis Suarez down to Hills at Groningen to try and get a move to Ajax. He got his move. Yeah. We done a deal with Ajax. He did down to Hills and mm-hmm. told Ajax on down to Hills to get this move to Liverpool. Then he did something similar or in a roundabout way to get a move out of Anfield. He had Coutinho with the back thing, like he's mentioned. But, like, do you know what I mean? Then other clubs, then, then other clubs, other clubs will three. Players fucking terribly. I think Hillman tried to get Nias out with everything. I think it's Nias. He wouldn't give him. Told him his locker was gone, and he wasn't. Tra- he wasn't allowed training in the first team dressing room. It's a first team player on a contract. Disgraceful. Yeah. Disgraceful. Yeah. Like to treat a player like that. So Looking- like it's it's like it's listen. There's like there's it's a race to the bottom. There's no point in there's no point in crying and putting all your eggs in the Harry Kane basket. And there's no point in crying putting them all in the Spurs basket. Of Davo, there's also another blame in this, and listen, it's a it's a subject for another night. But agents are another yeah, yeah, blame for this, unfortunately. Yeah. Look, yeah, point. agents are dominating the game these days. But just just last uh, question on this, Davo, looking at our own situation at Liverpool, somebody mentioned Trent uh, reeks mm. of a um, a one club player. Um, what has to happen at Liverpool for Trent to stay there? Oh, we'll have to. Career. We'll have to be competitive and and listen. You can have loads of listen. You can always have a bad year where you fall out of the Champions League. Lucky enough, that didn't happen to us last year when it looked like we were staring at it in the face. And I always kind of think you'll keep players for one year. You'll get away with one year in the Europa League with, with top players. You won't get away with two. So we'll have to be competitive. We'll have to be uh, playing Champions League football. And ultimately, that that will be it. If, if we're competitive and we're we're, we're challenging. Um, he'll do his best to stay at Liverpool, I, I believe, Trent, rarely. But if things kind of fall off the face of a cliff or whatever you want, it will be hard for him. But he would, I, I think Trent is, is that ambitious. He would realise that if things are bad and say it mm. goes back to a Roy Hodgson kind of level of stuff like that, he, he'll go. He'll go to, to mm. for the betterment of his career. And, 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 Roy, and, so, and so he should. But listen, you have to... It's a whole myriad of things. You've, you've obviously got to have the ability to pay him well. But you listen, if you you got you have to be competitive at playing. It's all about Europe now. It's all about Champions League football. Yeah. That's really what it's all about. I, I was asking Gary earlier on what what's the you know the formula for keeping a player loyal at a club and like Sam hits the nail on the head there. You have to have the right manager. I mean, mm. as long as Klopp is there, every player is going to want to stay there. Like I'm sure Wijnaldum would have liked to stay at Liverpool under the right circumstances, but it wasn't to be. But you very rarely hear players that used to play for Klopp saying that negative. They mm-hmm. all want to play for him, and it's it's a tough slog for a few years. That the work rate and everything that's expected and the way they train. And you look at the friendlies now; it's really interesting how they're they're managing the minutes and how how many games they're playing and days after the next and two games in the same day it's it's mad but um look we'll move on Davo you you said um you wanted to talk about the best sports book and I was thinking mm. oh yeah yeah it sounds like a grand topic you know and I was trying to think back 
because I stopped reading like players' autobiographies a long time ago. Because yeah. they all yeah. became the, just the same repetitive stuff. You're so you've got such a insight into most players' lives mm. now. You know, it's splashed all over the media. It's on Twitter. It's on everything, and people seem to know everything about every backstory. There's enough rumors, and sometimes a book will come out, and you see the quotes that clarify something, and then the book's not worth reading. But I have to think back to a book I read, um, and it would have been Paul McGrath's book, uh, Back from the Brink, I think mm. it was called. Mm. And look, that was that was a, an amazing book. Um, just mm. a harrowing story of his life um, and, you know, the alcohol abuse and how it gripped him. And uh, he did tough upbringing as well. And, uh, you know, like, you won't read a book that takes hold of you, like, like Palm Grass book, very often. You know, it's such a such a great character, such a great player, and and for for alcohol to take over his life the way it did, and the depression and and everything. But um, you 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 spoke about uh, Robert Enke's book and um, that won an award, and uh, the goalkeeper that took his took his own mm. life. So, um, that was kind of the inspiration behind your um topic and it's it's a very serious um topic as well and we see a lot of sports men and women um struggling a lot with their mental health and openly talking about it so i think it's important we we uh we, we treat this subject and talk about it here um so i'll let you take it away and, and just let what you're thinking yeah was. look i suppose listen oh listen we're all this far and we come up with four topics and look there's only so much the boys do a great job in the fat back for with transfer stuff and stuff there's only so much stuff we can you know that you can you can bang on about as regarding pre-season also we're just kind of had to think i, I, I don't really I, I don't really read autobiographies um I'm, like you I'm, I'm not overly into them but I'd, I'd, sports books would be what I read, and I'd get through a lot, and particularly on holidays, I wouldn't do like loads of reading here. But I would definitely, if I'm away, last through books, and just kind of thinking of the best ones. And I do want to get to the Robert Anker one, but there's a couple of them. Like there's a game of shadows one, um, which is about like Marion Jones, Barry Bonds, about the um, the drugs and sport. That's a, that's a really good one. But another one I liked really was it's about Italian ultras. Um, and it's it's not really about it's just called ultras, but by the boys, Jonathan. It's not really about like there's obviously bits in it, but it's not really about just fans kicking the shit out one another. He actually travels around with a Serie B team and kind of witnesses them like dealing with socio-economic issues and like other clubs like so Lavarno would be very left wing, whereas ultras would tend to be right wing, whereas Lavarno and Italy would be very left wing and stuff like that. A couple of boxing books as well that'll be in the book. Really like. You mentioned that already. I read this Robert Anka book. It won the 2011 William Hill Sports Book of the Year. And I think someone got it from me as a present. And I was aware of Robert Anka, all right. But when I read the book, it was just, it just it blew me away. It just, it blows you away. Such a harrowing read. But like it's, it's, it's written by Ronald Rang, who was, who was a close mate of his, or they became, they had, they certainly had a relationship anyway. And for people that don't know, Robert Enke played, geez, he played nearly 300 league games. He was capped eight times for Germany. Um, but he suffered with depression throughout his, his career. And he kind of broke through at Magic Gladbach and he got a move to Benfica that went very well. But it was actually kind of shows you about the way football can go. He got a big move to Barcelona and that's kind of when things kind of went really bad for him. It was, um, he was struggling uh, big time and he ended up going on loan a couple of times and 
kind of I don't know the words you use, kind of how it mirrored when he was at his worst, kind of on the pitch when his career was really down. Like he was on loan at Tenerife in um, Peter now maybe the second division, say in, in La Liga, uh, the second division. But he was really good in himself. But then when he was at the top level on the pitch, he was really low on himself. And it just, you know what I mean? It turned out then in 2009 that he couldn't take any more and he took his own life, leaving a wife and child behind when he's Hanover's keeper, when he's in German squads for tournaments. And I just kind of thought, we, it, my topic was just about sports books and to kind of ask you is what kind of, when you mentioned Palmer Graz and what, what mm. you guys, sports books that you like, that you have read. But it kind of just evolved in the chat before we came on here, just before we went live about... Kind of like it's kind of parent, and now when I know it was released out of the 2011 award, but like, yeah, we've had Naomi Osaka uh, recently pulling out of a tournament uh, due to our mental health. We've had Samoan Boyles recently in the Olympics. Mm. Ben Stokes now has pulled out, uh, has taken a break, and definitely from cricket. And these are these are sports people, really, just at the at the the highest level and at the top of their game. Mm. And it's just showing you that the pressures that they can deal with and depression when they can get in on you. Mm. And stuff like that. And it's just, I just think, I just think, it's, I just think, I'll let you come in now, Pete. I'm finished mm-hmm. kind of speaking on it, but I just think, even though the book was like in 2011, I think its relevance today is just, it's just so relevant today now with the way things are going in top level sport. And if you haven't read it, I'd urge anybody just to seek it out because it's yeah. absolutely brilliant. It's, it's a fantastic, fantastic topic to, to, to take that out. To be honest, all I wanted to say was there's so much, so much being said everywhere you know about about how other people should deal with their mental health issues uh, and i'm glad that you haven't i mean one thing you've you've shone a light on it but you, you haven't come down either way mm. i think that's very very important it's the last big stigma mental health you know that's out there that you know it's almost like the gun is torn on the person you know if you if you if you look at you know, the, the attitudes and it, terrible, horrible people like Piers Morgan who are doing nothing but trying to self-promote and try to audition themselves for the likes of Fox News. That last bastion of intolerance that's aimed at people with mel- mental health issue. And I would urge anybody out there, any of our listeners, any of our subscribers, any of our commenters, if, you know, please don't don't feel any shame or stigma towards any feelings that you might have of, of you know of self harming or or just inadequacy. It's normal. It's normal. Everybody goes through it, and you know it just it's horrible to 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 listen to people like Piers Morgan, horrible people who have no experience of what you know human beings. To be honest, if you go through at, at, in their darkest moments, don't ever you know it's so important that people don't feel alone. And I think it's good that people can identify with you know people that they can aspire to to know that they go through that those types of. Of problems as well, and that's all I wanted to say. And I'm so glad, Shane, you chose this as a topic. Yeah, yeah, like I think it's important. Um, the amount of sports uh, men and women are coming out and talking about their mental health because they are, you know, really good ambassadors for the topic. Because people do look up to these, um, whether they consider them stars or they admire them, and when they can see that somebody that's an elite, um, elite sportsman or woman, and they're like that, I mean, you're gonna just internalize it and say that if the, if it can happen to them, it can happen to me. And Gar, I know yourself. Um, you did struggle 
Um, so you were saying you might kind of share your your story with us. Yeah, yeah, no issue, lads. Uh, just over two years ago, um, my wife Linda found me out the back garden. Um, going to be honest, news around my neck, lads. Um, did try two months before. Sorry, um, did try two months before. Sat at the side of the airport road and was in my car and was waiting for uh, a truck to come by. I was gonna, was gonna drive out in front of it. Um, don't know, don't know why I didn't do it. But listen, that was a time I, I, I went through a business change. I was struggling financially. I was, I was doing stupid things with money. Um, I nearly destroyed my marriage. Um, you know, nearly destroyed everything at home. Um, it's, it, it's, it's, um, it's, it's hard. Believe me. Um, but I'm one of the lucky ones. Um, thank God I'm, I'm here today. I can talk about. It. I've, I've gone and studied a few things to try and help myself through it. Uh, I've studied in youth mental health as well, and um, to try and help. Obviously, as you know, I'm, I'm heavily involved in coaching. So to try and see the signs in, in, in younger kids these days, because it's becoming more and more pertinent. You know, through kids who come from split help, you know, split families, etc. That you know, you have to try and help them. Uh, so that night, lads, I, I can't. You know. I, I don't remember nothing after it, um, to be honest with you. Um, I'm going to be honest, I was, I was hanging um, out the back. Um, and I don't know, all I remember is, is Linda just more or less dragging me in the door. And I went through the PA, the process. Uh, in France, it worked great for me for about six months. Um, you know, uh, all I would say is, lads, you know, be, be careful, you know, how, how we treat people, how, how we go online, how we treat people. Um, it's it's not easy. Um, but do do look out for people. If you know, if, you, you never know. If someone, if, if listen, guys. The one one thing I would say is, if someone's very outgoing and they suddenly come quiet, you know, there's certainly signs there. You know, and that that was just spoken about Robert Enke there. You know, who's who's in, he's you know, who's in the prime of his life. Who's who's in a German squad. Who's playing international. Now, listen, I, I was never near that level. Um, but it does happen. It's more. There's more and more pressure on us now as people. Um, there's more and more pressure on children now. Um, in regards to school, in regards to sport, everyone wants to. You know, this elite ward gets bounced around in, in sport now for for younger children as as well. Um, and the last year and a half hasn't been helpful for them kids either. Locked up in the rooms. Uh, so I suppose uh, just look out for each other. Um. Thanks for allowing me, obviously, to chat about it. Um, not it's easy. Um, um, not yeah. easy. Uh, but there was guys. There was there was mornings, lads. I, I didn't want to go into work. I was. Uh, I was. I would go into the toilet. I would get sick. Um, I, I, I would ring the lads. In fairness, the lads were, were very understanding and woke at the time. Um, now I, just, I need to destroy everything, lads. Um, need to destroy everything at home. Um, Need destroyed everything within my own family as well, and um, so uh, it, it was tough, guys. But I would say, just you know, look look out for those close to you because it's so true. You never know what is going on around you, um, especially nowadays. People are struggling for more financially, um, and I don't know what's happened the last five, ten years, but uh, um, Money, money is not as readily available, I suppose, for people now. I suppose, which, which is a huge added pressure on people nowadays. Um, I know I'm getting slightly off top, topic of books here, but I would say just just look out for one where it goes. Yeah, mm. yeah. Gar, I think I speak for everyone. Um, 
I'm going to say I'm blown away with that story and uh, fair play to you for having the bravery um, and the honesty to, to share that story because I think it's important people do share those experiences. And one thing you said there um, was you don't know what's going on. Like somebody who's struggling with their mental health doesn't have to be talking about it all the time or showing signs that they've self-harmed or 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 you know have a history like this thing can happen very quickly like someone can go from from being fine to suicidal within a matter of months and i remember a few years ago i did a course um and i'd, I'd actually encourage every reason only reason i'm saying is because i really would encourage any, anyone to do it and um, there's a there's an organization called living works um they're canadian and they're there's they go around the globe um training the trainer to deliver um a course called assist deployed suicide intervention skills training and the reason i did it was because i started to notice an awful lot of people who were were struggling and not just like people that was obvious that they were talking about all the time but people had gone quiet gone into themselves and i wondered what to do because in Ireland anyway the lack of mental health services is, is disgraceful like you know people are waiting months and months to see counsellors and psychotherapists or if they knew if they do need to go somewhere to cool off and prevent themselves from from uh take their own lives that that there's a serious lack of that and what what that course taught there was two key things ask people are you all right and don't be afraid to say are you suicidal it you know, people might think that's crazy, but if if you say to someone are you suicidal, like it's it that's an accepted thing to say to somebody if you're that concerned, they might say to you, No, what are you talking about? But it's not better than than not asking the question for the one person that may turn around to you and say, Yeah, actually. And then after that, it's to find out have they a plan and have the alcohol available to their medication available to them. And if it is you have to just take that away from them and get them to somewhere safe. And whether, whether it's get them to somewhere safe, it's get a family member around them or a close friend around them or bring them to a hospital. And I, I'd encourage anyone like that, you know, to look out for each other. It's, it, you know, it's not good enough that we're all just talking about it. Um, do something about it. Look out for people. Ask questions. If you haven't heard from from a friend in a while and that they're, they're, they've, you know, they've changed just ask those questions and don't be afraid to ask somebody are they, are they suicidal because it might be too late. You know what I mean? And look, um, I don't know. I don't know where that's the right, right time to leave the show. <laughs> <laughs> Lads, Gar, fair play to you for sharing that story. Fair play, Gar. Yeah. Andy, I suppose if there's, if there's anything you want to leave on or, or positive is that, you know, uh, people can come through it, um, but with the help of others, um, in my opinion, so if you can if you can help others or reach out to others or help others, you know we're we're in a group, and, and I'm gonna be honest, uh, Andy. Um, I'm gonna be 100 honest here. That group was one of the things that saved me. Um, we have a WhatsApp group and the trippers lads, and you know the thing is on fire. We're, we're funny, <laughs> we're funny, we're funniness, and and and, if, and I'm not joking. If it wasn't for you know you know my family, Linda, my sister people who looked at me and, and that group of, of friends in that WhatsApp group mm. uh, with regards to trippers, people who I've got to know, know from the last five years who, who we would call friends who we know I could pick up the phone to any day now or, or reach out to any time. If it wasn't for those group of people, um, you know, we, we, I'd, be, I'd be, you know, yeah, no, looking at a different avenue now. 
Yeah, that right. And look, WhatsApp groups, it's it's a very active WhatsApp group and we're always slagging um the bollocks out of each other. But I think someone put it right there the other day. We're the nicest bunch of wankers <laughs> that you could ever meet. Do you know what I mean? Um lads will be slagging each other to the, the high hilt, but they do anything for you. You know, they look genuine. You look across yeah. that group, they do anything for you when needed. Um, uh, you know, we're doing the podcast in 2014, so seven years now. And the amount of sound lads that I've come to know that I only barely knew, you know what I mean? They say surround yourself in, in, um, in good people, good positive people, and, you know, and, and try and block out all that negativity. And I have to say, the lads that have stuck with us and 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 stuck in that the group with the slagging and everything, you know, it's an unbelievable network of support. And I'm I'm really proud you said that, Gar, because that's what that's what we're only trying to do on on a podcast. It's just it's trying to end, like entertain people, talk about football, talk about things that people can relate to. And if our you know we've often seen comments on on uh, Twitter and up here and it says that they this podcast has helped them along while they've been struggling. And uh, there's there's no there's no bigger compliment you can pay is if if mm. what we're doing is is making teen life better for um for someone. It's uh like that's you you can't feel any prouder about a thing. So look I I think we'll leave it there. Um again Gar, thanks a million for sharing that Brave story. You, yeah, no problem. Um, Thank you. Like I'm sure um I know different lads in the in the group and on Twitter, you you've you've helped them out in the past, so I'm sure you've no no problem on even contacting you, you know, to share your experience of the health them or any 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 time any time to anyone Andy. Uh, yeah. I've been there if we can help if we can help two or hundred and two people, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, any yeah. any time, yeah. Right, uh, Pete, thanks as always. Pleasure. <clears throat> pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Uh, Davo, thanks a million. Cheers. No problem. Um, just the last thing you'll see across the bottom ticker, um, we're still desperately trying to push this uh, thing for Sienna to get her surgery, important surgery out in America. Our family have been told by, um, by the surgeon out there that this operation could be done in October. And there's still quite an amount to raise. So if you haven't donated already, all the um, information is in the description. You can share money on, um, uh, or you can you can donate. Uh, you can buy tickets to Phil Anfield. You can do what you want. Just give us a dig out, trying to spread the word and get this few ball together for um, Sienna. It's life changing um, surgery she needs. So. Um, please, I'd urge you, if you can, um, to donate what you can, and uh, let's get this done for our mates again. Um, right, so uh, the rest of the week, I think J- Jamie's back on Wednesday for the midweek fix. There's going to be a transfer agenda show on Thursday, and then Avi's new show on Friday. Um, we leave it there. We'll we'll be back with you next Monday. Talk to you then. Podcast Network.